I am so glad that you are joining Cindy LeFevre Yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. Trashing Satan's Lies I'm guilty of an egregious error in my assessment of the Prince of Darkness. For most of my life, I marginalize the impact that Satan inflicts on our world and in the lives of God's children. His primary objective is to tear down and destroy all that is good and replace it with all that is evil and counterproductive to God's edicts, plans, and purposes for our lives. For purposes of this podcast, intended to educate and encourage, let's focus on the campaign he wages against each one of us. Our minds are his target, and his lies are his weapons. Eve was the first mind Satan targeted. He deftly wove elements of truth into his web of deception. In Genesis 2, Satan asks Eve, Did God really say, and then he pretends to quote, You must not eat from any tree in the garden, except what he says is a little off, and it also makes God's edict of only one tree off limits sound more limiting than it really is. Eve is quick to correct Satan. Satan then tells Eve a partial truth. He says, You will not certainly die. In fact, Eve would give birth to two sons, so she didn't experience an earthly death. But if she'd never bit into the apple, she would never have experienced death at all. Sadly, the half-lie cast aspersions on what God had said. Keep in mind that Eve had no concept of lying or no experience with it, and Satan had garnered her attention. He continued on, saying that God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be like God, knowing good and evil. That indeed ended up being true, but what happened next changed all of human history. Eve bought the lie, took a bite, and gave some to Adam, who also took the bait and the bite. Satan scored a victory, and ever since that day, he has wielded the same weapons at similar targets with varying results. He even targeted Jesus, no doubt continually. We can read of the temptations Jesus faced in the wilderness in Luke 4, 1-13. Jesus, rather than debate with Satan, exposed his lies by quoting scripture. That's a good strategy for us as well. But unlike Jesus, who is perfect and omniscient, we don't always recognize the lies. And even when we do, we sometimes still buy into them, don't we? Here are a few of the lies we see proliferating in our popular culture. God wants me to be happy, so I need to get a divorce and find my real soulmate. There's just no magic anymore. The government takes too much in taxes already. If I fudge on my numbers, I'm just evening out the inequity. It's okay to lie to my friend if it spares her feelings. It's only a little white lie, after all. Okay, maybe I embellished a little about what happened with my ex in court, but he had it coming. He needs to pay for all the hurt he caused me, and I need to make sure the judge understood what an awful person he was. God enacted edicts to stand on their own. He doesn't need us or Satan to twist, undermine, or circumvent their intent or the degree of obedience they require. Our best defense comes from testing every idea or thought that comes into our minds so we are not deceived. Paul warns us about this in 2 Corinthians 11.3. He states that he is afraid that, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. I love how Jesus so deftly tells Satan to get behind him in Matthew 16.23. He has just told the disciples of his impending death and resurrection, 
when Peter pulls him aside and says it will never happen under his watch. Satan got a foothold of an unwitting Peter and used him to try to trip Jesus up. Stop and think for a moment. Do you think that you have ever been an unwitting part of Satan's plan? Has someone ever said something to you that you felt might have been a trap for you to trip over? I can think of instances when both have occurred in my life, more than once. Reading this may make you feel a little defeated. You may think to yourself, I'm no match for Satan. Maybe the battle's already been lost. But actually, it's already been won. Through his stripes we are healed. And that's from Isaiah 53, 5. Jesus won the war on the cross. And even if we lose a few skirmishes, we can continue to press on the side of eternity and combat the slings and arrows Satan hurls using the shield of faith. We can stand firm with the belt of truth around our waists, holding steady with the breastplate of righteousness, wearing the helmet of salvation, and carrying the sword of the Spirit. We are battle-ready. This detailed defense strategy is laid out in Ephesians 10-18 to as Paul talks about the armor of God. We have one other powerful weapon at our disposal when we face temptation, the power of God. Paul offers the most amazing encouragement to us in Ephesians 1, 19-20. Paul prays that the Ephesians will understand the greatness of God's power for us who believe in Him. This is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. What weapon of greater force could we have at our disposal than that of Him who conquered death and overcame the grave? Join me in recognizing and refuting Satan's lies while embracing God's truth and His inimitable mighty power. I'd like to read now an excerpt from my second book, The Trap Door, and this entry is called Covert Gardening, The Trap Doors Levied in the Spiritual Realm. The unseen world exists all around us. There are efforts from on high to encourage and sustain us in the unseen world. These are helpful and intended for good by God. Others are evil and dispatched by Satan to wreak havoc and destruction. Again, because they are unseen, it's much easier to fall through the trap door you never saw coming. You might be wondering why it is that believers aren't privy to viewing the unseen world. Why aren't we permitted to see all the evil that goes on, as well as the beautiful protection on the part of the angels? I believe that our inability to see the horrors of the enemy's activities is a blessing from God. Prophets like Ezekiel and Daniel were often distressed over what they saw with regard to visions and abominations. Regardless of the reason, we need to be mindful that the unseen world is very real, as are God's efforts to protect and preserve us through His angels. We learn about godly intervention in the story of Balaam as recorded in Numbers 22. God told Balaam not to go to Egypt, but Balaam was enticed by a monetary reward that awaited him there. He disobeyed God and began his journey. God dispatched an angel with a sword and placed it at the end of the road where Balaam was traveling. Along the way, the Lord stopped his donkey. God literally spoke through the donkey's mouth. The merciful act was meant to save Balaam from the destruction from the very angel that God had commissioned. When the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, he understood the gravity of his actions, so he hit the ground and bowed before God. In his infinite grace and mercy, God opened Balaam's eyes. As we know from Scripture, the enemy seeks destruction, not growth. He is no gardener. He wants to lay out our spiritual landscapes bare. In Daniel 10:13, we learn about the angel Michael, who was preoccupied for 21 days in the kingdom of Persia, battling invisible forces of evil. 
We are told in Ephesians 6.12 that we wrestle against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. I believe we're continually protected by angels from a variety of dangers that we are completely unaware of. Your annoying five-minute delay leaving the house may have prevented your car from being in an accident. The seemingly devastating breakup with your fiancé may have protected you from a life of misery. Because we indeed cannot see everything, we need to trust God in all circumstances, because only He is privy to the seen and unseen worlds, and He is trustworthy to help us journey along, avoiding a myriad of traps and pitfalls. By focusing on good and perfect gifts that come from above, we can help keep the weeds of the enemy from taking over our soil. And if we hold fast to His Word and leadings, we can sidestep trap doors and succeed in avoiding the abyss as our final destination. And the keys to kingdom living are, thank God for all the ways His angels preserve you. And the doorpost is, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him, and He delivers them. Psalm 34, 7. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of His GPS for your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her blogs can be found on her website, cindyyorks.com. Her entire Door Devotion trilogy is now available on Amazon.